Well, we got a pretty light crowd today, but I kind of I kind of thought that we might have this weather and everything, and there's still a lot of sickness going on, uh, and there's still a number of people in our church that we need to keep in prayer, and uh, so y'all still y'all keep uh, Roy and Pat Bramlett in prayer. She is home, and she's doing better. Uh, they sent her home on oxygen. Uh, she was having a whole lot of trouble breathing, and. Uh, so they've got her oxygen now, and I was over there Friday, Friday or Saturday, anyway, uh, at the house visiting with them, and uh, doing d doing pretty good. It may have been Thursday I was there, and then, uh, but she was feeling pretty good. She just. Uh, Not real strong yet. It's just uh, she's still got a lot of problems. So y'all keep her in prayer, and her, her lungs are are still kind of weak and and kind of hurting her. And so, uh, but anyway, and we got a number of people uh, that uh, just just the church in general. Let's keep us. Let's just keep our church in prayer and the people here. Uh, the message I want to bring today, it, it's just a short message. I figured this weather and everything, the stuff that's going on. So, but anyway, I've, I've, I've entitled it, What Blocks Our Prayers to God? Have you ever noticed when you seem like that uh, you go to God in prayer and it just seems like you can't get an answer or it's very slow coming? The Bible gives us a number of reasons why our prayers are not being answered. And I think what a lot of us know what most of the reasons are. Most of it is disobedience to God. All through the Bible, you will see where Israel went through a lot of different things because of their disobedience to God. And God loved them with all of his heart, just like he loves us. But sometimes it's just like we are his children. God is our father. It's just like sometimes when children become disobedient, they have to be punished in order to straighten up. It's kind of like God saying, okay, you need to straighten up and fly right. How many of you ever told your kids that? Well, that's what God's telling us, is we need to straighten up, fly right, we know the difference between right and wrong, and we know what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. And uh, it's just uh, God watches over us. Now, God, he, he wants to answer our prayers is the thing about it. But sometimes, like I said, we are, we're being punished because of our disobedience. And, uh, but God, he watches over us. The Bible tells us in 2 Chronicles 16.9, listen to what this says. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect or whose heart is right toward him. He's watching us. And for those whose, whose heart is right, that loves him and wants to do right, He's watching you. 
And he wants to answer your prayers. And he will answer them. But, you know, there's just sometimes when our prayers aren't answered, we just need to be aware of some of the things that can hinder our prayers to God and can cause God not to answer our prayers. And when we figure out what it is we're doing, and most of us already know that anyway, we know what we're doing and we'll quit it, come to God, pour out our heart to him and, Lord, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. I'm asking you for your forgiveness. You know, God's going to forgive you. He's going to restore you. He's going to start answering prayers. You know, and I, I just want to look at some of the hindrances. Two of the greatest hindrances in Christian uh, life is doubt and unbelief. That there is doubt is a thief to God's blessings. When you're doubting God and you're doubting that God will answer prayer, you're doubting that God even hears you, you're doubting if there is a God. There's many people out there that I don't know if there's a God or not. I don't know. I, I've prayed and I've prayed and it don't seem like I can ever get an answer. You know, I've, I've had people ask me, why does God not answer? I said, and I asked them, do you, do, do you pray to God with your heart or are you just praying? See, when we come to God, we need to come to God as Father. We need to come to him with our heart. We need to come to him with what's really there that, 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 that we want him to do or we need to do. You know, there's a lot of things we want. But God said, I will meet your needs. Too many, a lot of these things that we need or, or want, we don't need. Some of the things we want can actually do us more harm than they can good. They can do things in your life. They can slow down your life. They can slow down your walk with God. Because some of the things we want hinder our walk with God. We want the things more than we want God. And God is not going to do that. He is not going to put something in your life that is going to hinder us from walking with Him, worshiping Him, loving Him, serving Him. And so some of the things we want are not going to get us because they're not good for us. And God knows this. And when we doubt God, like I said, doubt, doubt keeps us separated from God. Just like uh, just unbelief. I want to read here in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2. Now listen, this just puts it right on the line telling us why that God will not answer many of our prayers. In Isaiah 59, 2, it says, But your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. Some of the things we do in our daily walk, in our life, it separates us from God because it's sin. It says sin separates us from God, that God cannot look up on sin. And we have to get ourselves straightened out Come to God, just like it says over in 1 John 1, 9. If we will repent, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But when we repent, it's not because you got caught. It's not because somebody's seen you. It's because in your heart, you know that you've messed up. And you need to come to God. And you need to ask for his forgiveness through your heart. If you're just doing it to, to try to, well, 
let somebody see you. Oh, oh look, look, look at them. They're repenting. You're not repenting. You're not repenting because it's not coming from the heart. You just got caught at something. No, we have, to fit, we have to know that we are guilty, we've made a mistake, and it's only God that can forgive us and to cleanse us and to restore us back to our relationship with Him. And that's what God wants. He wants us to be in a relationship with Him. He wants to restore us, but we have to come with our heart. And, and your unbelief, that is, again, is just a little different from doubt. Unbelief... A lot of times unbelief, I, 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 the thing that I read there said unbelief is when a man knows there is a God and still not believe what the Bible says. How many of you, how many doubt what God's Word says? I've had people say, well, I know that's what God's Word says, but, no, there's no but there. What God said, God means. You can count on what, if God has promised you something, and he has said something, it's going to happen. But it's going to be in his time, it's not going to be in your time. And we always want to rush things and make things hurry up and happen. I'm that way, and I shouldn't be. But some, I hate to wait. I hate to wait. And I hate to be late. If I'm going somewhere, I don't want to be late. You can ask my wife, a lot of times if I'm going to go somewhere, I leave well before I have to be there. Because I don't ever know what the traffic's going to be like. I don't know if I could have car trouble. I don't know if I could have a flat. I don't know what. But I don't like to be late. It's just something that's there. It always has been. And I will always be early. I'll always be early. But you know, God's never early. He's never late. He's always right on time. He's right there when He's supposed to be there. He's right there when, you, when, when it's time to fulfill that need that you want. And, uh, but unbelief. You know, like I said, man may know what the Bible says, but he has chosen to believe what he can see instead of believing God's Word. It says that, that the Christian is to walk by faith and not by sight. You believe what God's Word says. You count on what God's Word says. You stand on what God's Word is, is saying, not what you can see. You know, everything that you can see out here is just temporary, but God's Word is eternal. One day, just take for example, one day, I don't have when or what or how long, this church probably won't be here. Something else will be standing in its place. It's temporary, but God's Word is eternal. Whatever God has said, whatever God has promised is going to happen. And then, like I said, it may not be when you want it to happen, when we want, like I said, when we desire it to happen, but it's going to be in God's timing when the time is right. So when it happens, you know, this is God. God saying, this is the time for this to happen. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. But we have to believe what God says. It just, uh, and we have used this scripture here, but it is so true. It's in Hebrews 11, 6. Y'all probably already know what this says. says. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe, and I just added this, must believe and not doubt that he is God and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What does it mean to diligently seek God? You seek him 
with all your heart. He is what you're seeking. You're pouring out your heart to him because that's what's in your heart. You love God and you're, you're, and, and you're seeking him, believing that he is going to fulfill what you're asking for. And two, sometimes we have to look back and say, Lord, do I really need this? Or do I just want it? Sometimes, like I said, sometimes we won't. If he gives them to us, it could hurt us. And God does not want it. Or what he gives you could hurt somebody else. And he's not going to do that. But if you do not believe God, you do not believe his word, that will definitely hinder your prayer life. If you don't believe God, you don't believe what God's word says, that is going to hinder your prayer life. He's, a lot of these prayers are not going to be answered. We are to pray according. The Bible says we are to pray according to the will of God. Not to, well, what is the will of God? The word of God is the will of God. What the Bible says. The Bible says so much. His promises, what he'll promise, what he won't do, what he will do. We, that's what we need to pray, Lord. Let your will be done. If this is not something I need in my life, Lord, I don't want it. But we have to be praying for God's will to be done in our life. The, God's will is what's really going to bless us. In the long God's will is what blesses us. And uh, another hindrance to prayer we find this over in Mark, chapter 11, verse 25 and through 26. And we all are probably already know what this is. We've talked about it and we've talked about it, and that's unforgiveness. God says we must forgive in order to be forgiven. But here I'm going to read this. It says, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you're going to pray and you've got something to get somebody, what well, it's going to tell us. If you've got something to get somebody, go to that somebody. Forgive them. Forgive them. He said, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught or unforgiveness against anyone, so that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses, go to them and forgive them. We have to forgive. And, you know, sometimes that's so hard to do. Because we've been, sometimes we've been hurt so bad and so deep. It's so hard to forgive. But you know that forgiveness is holding you prisoner. That forgiveness is holding you prisoner. That person that you're probably angry at probably don't care one way or the other you're angry at them. But it's, it's, it's holding you prisoner. And to, order, to, to be free, we have to forgive and get rid of it. And uh, so, But if you do not forgive, you know, we don't like this. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you or forgive your trespasses. I guess, I guess God looks at it. I know everything you've done. And when you, and you know, it hurt me. But you know, when my son came and died for you and shed his blood for you and he took your sins upon himself, I forgave you. I don't remember your sin anymore. It's gone. My forgiveness erased your sins. And sometimes that's what we have to do. We have to forgive in order for us to be set free. 
because he's going to bug you and bug you and bug you. Every time you see that person, you're going to get angry. But there's going to be a time that you just have to just bite the bullet, forgive. And that would be, be the best thing you could ever do. And you're going to realize this after you forgive them. And that's that peace and that joy that comes back into your life that you'd lost. There's a lot of people that, that, that have so much unforgiveness in their heart, they have no joy anymore. They have no joy. They don't have peace. They're just going through life. And, uh, but it's important. Prayer will not work without forgiveness. If we don't forgive, God says, I'm not going to hear your prayer. I'm not going to hear it. God's being honest with us. He's telling us what we have to do. And so now, there's a lot of these things, when we have unforgiveness in our heart, it just comes to that point and that time. Lord, I don't know how to forgive this person for this. But Lord, I'm asking you. Lord, I'm asking you to help me forgive. I've told you all before I had to do that. I got hurt real bad. And I, that unforgiveness was dry, it, it was making me miserable. And it wasn't hurting the other person, but it was hurting me. And it was making me miserable. But when I finally said, Lord, I want to forgive this person. I don't want to hold any unforgiveness anymore. I want to get rid of it. Lord, I want my joy back. I want your presence back. Lord, I want my prayers answered. Lord, I want you back in my life like it was. And you know, it works. God sometimes has to help us forgive. And God will help you forgive. If you'll just come to him, ask him. Because he sees your heart. He knows your heart. He knows how you're hurting. God doesn't want you hurting. He wants you free to worship him and to love him. But when you have unforgiveness in your heart, like I said, it holds you a prisoner and you can't worship God like you want to. God's not going to let you until you forgive. That's how God feels about forgiveness. If, if God didn't feel that way about forgiveness, he never would have sent his one and only son here to die for us so we could be forgiven. But he also, like I said, he also expects us to forgive as he forgave. And we have to. And that will restore your joy, your peace. You'll be a whole new person. You'll be so different. People will see difference in you. You're different. There's something about you. You're different. You're not that same person you are. Your actions are different. You're a nicer person than what you were. But see, that's what forgiveness does. It changes you. And God will bless you. One other thing that can hurt our prayer life. Strife can hinder your prayer life. Strife is like, in a way, strife is like unforgiveness. Strife is a bitter conflict, usually with somebody else. You're having a bitter conflict with somebody else. And that's keeping you a prisoner again. We have to learn to get rid of strife, to do away with strife. And uh, listen to what it says here in James chapter 3, verse 16. It says, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. God is not a God of confusion. He is a God of order. 
He is not a God of confusion. And when everything is a confusion and things going on, that's when Satan works his way in. Oh, he said, oh, you poor thing. I can't believe they treated you like that. I can't believe they said that about you. You're such a good person. You don't need to put up with that. You just need to stay angry at them. See, that's Satan. And when that strife gets in there, Satan's right there with it, helping you not to forgive and just helping your anger grow. So we just need to get out of strife, get away from strife. And so when you have conflict and confusion and anger, it just, it just helps Satan's work in your life. He's going to be after you anyway. But when you already have all this stuff going against you and you're full of anger and, and unforgiveness, that just gives Satan that much more to work with. We have to get rid of that stuff. Just give it to God. God will take it away from you if you'll ask Him and truly mean it. I'm going to tell you here, I'm going to finish up here in just a second. I'm going to show you the last thing that I want to talk about. Dwelling on your past failures. So many people have this, they're doubting, can God really forgive me? Did God really forgive me? Satan's probably telling you, all that stuff you've done, the places you've been, the things you've done, how could God ever forgive you of that? See, again, we open up the door for Satan to come in. And if, if, if you leave that door cracked, he's coming in. You have to make sure that door is shut and that he cannot enter in. Dwelling on your past failures that you ask God to forgive, that can, hinder your, that can hinder your prayers too because you're doubting, God, did you really forgive me? God, I don't feel like you forgive me. Well, that's Satan again telling you that God hadn't forgive you because you're too, you're too bad of a person for God to forgive you. But you have to remember something. You have God's promise that he has forgiven you. You've got his promise. When you come to me and you ask me to forgive you and you mean it in your heart, I'm going to forgive you. And again, we come right back to a scripture, and I love this scripture. It's one of my favorite ones. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is now a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. You're not that same person anymore. God forgave your sins. God has forgiven all the things you've ever done. Just think back. You think you've done some bad stuff. What about adultery? What about uh, murder? Lies? Deception? Pretty bad, isn't it? Well, that's what David did. And God said, that is a man after my own heart. We said, how could he be after your own heart, God? All the stuff he did. He said, because his heart is right toward me. And he come to me and he asked me to forgive him. He pleaded, Lord, please do not remove your Holy Spirit from me. You know, David asked that. Please do not take your Holy Spirit from me. And then, what did David do? David said, I poured out my heart and I withheld nothing. I didn't try to hide anything. 
I was honest with God about what I was feeling. I, I told him what I needed forgiveness for, which he already knew. But David said, God, and I can't blame anybody but myself. Nobody forced me to do it. I did it because that's what I wanted to do. You know, nobody's going to force you to do anything. You're doing it because you want to do it. And that's what David said. David said, and I come before the Lord, I confess my sins, and I held back nothing. I told God everything, and he forgave me. He forgave me, and he'll forgive you. He'll forgive you. If you come to him, pour out your heart, and you truly want, want him into your life, he will come in. He will forgive you. you know, God just have just like God has forgiven you, and He does not remember your sin anymore. Neither should you. Forget them. Here in here uh, in Hebrews eight twelve. Listen to what it says. This is God. He says, "For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities, and I will remember them no more." He says, they come to me. They asked me. They asked me with their heart to forgive them. They really regretted what they had done. They're sorry for their sin, and they asked me to forgive them. And if they won't do them anymore, I forgave them. And I don't remember it anymore. God said, I do not remember your sins any longer. Those are gone. They're past. They are no more. And I will never bring them back up to you. The only one that brings them back up to you is Satan himself. He said, hey, you remember? Maybe some of y'all have had this happen. Maybe Satan said something, hey, do you remember that time when you did whatever? He reminds you of what you did. He reminds you. And he's going to keep reminding you. But you'll say, hey, Satan, I don't remember it, and neither does God. He told me I am forgiven. I believe him. I'm standing on his word. I'm standing on his promise, and I'm not doubting him. I am free. I am forgiven. I am a new creation in Christ. You're not that same person you used to be. God has changed you. You now belong to God. You are now a child of the living God. You're not, back, you're not in this world anymore. Oh, you have to live here, but you're not of it. You're different from everybody else that does not know God. What you need to do now, since, he, since your past is gone and God has forgiven you, you need to replace your thoughts of the past with God's promises about your future. You know, God's given you a future. He's given you a future. He's not holding you to that past life where you were, no. He has promoted you to have a great and new future. Uh, and I'm going to finish up right here with this last verse. And everyone, this is it. It says, in Jeremiah 29 11, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end or to give you a new hope and a new life. This is a promise from God to give you a new life, a new hope. He's going to walk with you now. He wants us to repent of our sins, to cast them away. He said, I'm not going to remember them anymore. But when you do this and you come to me with your whole heart, I'm going to answer every prayer. 
if it's according to my will. He didn't say he's going to answer and 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 for everything you wanted, but he said, "I will meet your needs. I'll meet what you need." But we have to quit holding grudges, get rid of anger, get rid of unbelief, get rid of strife in our life, and walk with God. And you're going to see some things take place in your life that you said, Lord, I don't know why I waited so long before I really put my faith and my trust in you. To know that your word is true, that what you've promised I'm going to see. I'm standing on your promises. I'm holding on to your word. Lord, I know I'm forgiven. I know I'm set free. So, Lord, I'm asking you to use me for your glory. You know, God can use each and every one in here for his glory. God has something for each and every one to do. Why don't you ask God, God, what is it that you want me to do? How can I give you glory? How can I please you? What can I do, Lord? I'll guarantee you what. Things are going to come into your life. I never saw this before. Hey, this is something I'd like to do. And it's going to glorify God. So just ask him, believe him, stand on his word, and get rid of all the junk that Satan has placed in your life. That wasn't from God. That's from the enemy. Get rid of it. Ask God to take it away, destroy it, get rid of it. I'm going to ask the band if we want to come up. If you're here today and you've got some things still going on in your life that you said, Lord, I need to get rid of this. We have altars right here. Come to the altar kneel before God, pour your heart out to Him, just like David did. If there's something going on and you say, maybe you, hadn't, maybe you didn't even want to tell God about it. Well, you're going to have to remember something. God already knew about it. He's just waiting for you to come to Him and confess it to Him and tell Him you want to get rid of it. You don't want it in your life anymore. God, I need you to remove this. And He will. He will. He will clean your life up like you do not believe. You're going to be that brand new creature. You're going to be that new creature in Christ Jesus. So if you got something in your life that you nobody's asking you to burn it out loud or nothing else, that's just between you and God now. Just like it was between David and God. David came. He, he got on his knees before God. I figured David probably just prostrated himself and said, Lord, I am such a sinner. But Lord, I know you'll forgive me. And he told God everything that had happened. And he said, Lord, I need your forgiveness. God, you're forgiven. Because you told it and you said it and meant it with your heart. See, God looks on the heart. He don't look at your outside. He looks at your heart. That's what he's looking at. He's looking at your heart. So if you've got something in your life today that you really want to get rid of and you want God to take it, why don't you come to the altar and give it to God? Let Him have it and walk out of here a free person. Free person 
No unforgiveness, no anger, no hate, no strife. No doubt, because you know God's going to fulfill what he said he'd do. So I'll ask the band to play, and if, you, if you'd like to, something you've got to get rid of, please. I'll be down front if you want me to pray with you, and you don't even have to tell me what it is. But I'll pray with you and anoint you with oil. So I'll ask them to pray. If there's something in your heart you need to do, please, this is your day to do it.